myself standing here doing this, but here I am. So let me share a little with you about how I got here. A lot of you know me, but you don't know about me. So I'm going to share that with you this morning. I'm Stephanie Morsey, married for almost nine years to my husband, Alex. We have two children, Ben and Max. I have been a part of the United Methodist Church all of my life. I have been part of Good Shepherd for the last 22 years and part of the First United Methodist Church in Clinton, Iowa for the previous 16. So that's 38 years, so bear with me as I share with you about my life in the church. I've done just about all of it. Baptized as an infant, Sunday school every Sunday, Awana, Pioneer Club, Confirmation, five years of summer church camp, youth group, weekly Bible studies in high school, volunteering with the youth and children for many years, walk to Emmaus, walk 169, table of Anna, and, <laughs> and finally, children's minister. Through each of these clubs and activities, many people have helped strengthen my Christian journey. First and foremost, my parents. Their love and faith set me on this path. Without their desire for me and my brother, I can't imagine the person I would be today. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for loving God and following his commandments and providing me with the tools to becoming a Christian. Paul Hopkins, my director of children's ministries at my church in Iowa, he shared so many children's lessons and led us in learning so many songs that I will forever remember. Everything he did was fun. Even my children have met him and enjoy him as much as I did. Ann Lippincott, pastor and leader of my Pioneer Club and Confirmation. Gloria Gardner, my confirmation mentor and very close family friend. Al Schneck, a pastor and Sunday school teacher that made learning the Bible intriguing. Joe Cotwith, my youth leader in Iowa. And while attending summer camp for many summers at Iowa and Pitchard Rocks, it was the summer of 1994 when I seriously asked God into my heart. Moving to Tennessee as a sophomore was one of the hardest hurdles of my life. Then, Chris Seifert, previous youth minister here, made me feel welcome, and his lessons helped me remember that my parents weren't trying to make my life miserable, but that God had a plan for me, and the move to Tennessee was part of it. It was shortly after high school that I put God on the back burner. But I continued the motions of going through church just to appease my parents. I did not want that call at 1 o'clock where were you? Why weren't you at church today? I stumbled as a Christian, as most of us do at some point. For almost 10 years, I always knew that God was there, but only relied on him when I really needed him. In my late 20s, Good Shepherd got a whole new staff, and I became friends with most of them. Somehow, Daniel McGarry, the youth minister at that time, got me on mission trips, weekend retreats, and in class with the youth. I also became friends with Brittany Ramage, the children's minister, and she was the first to rope me into volunteering with the children as a Sunday school assistant. It was Brittany that sponsored me on my walk to Emmaus in 2009. I went. I was not happy or excited about it. I was five months pregnant, and the idea of sleeping anywhere other than my own bed with my prego pillow was not an idea of a weekend. I tried to back out. I didn't think that the weekend would do anything for me. I 
thought that it was bigger than I was willing to allow myself to give into. If it had not been for Marcy Rudolph, I would not have gone to Emmaus. I for sure would not have gone to Emmaus. But I could not let my best friend down, so I went. Was I wrong? That weekend brought me back to God. I have learned so much about myself and God's grace that I rediscovered the God that I loved so many years ago. Once I got married and started a family, I stepped away from volunteering to focus on raising mine. I stayed involved within the church as a member of the staff parish relations team, and I was part of that team as we welcomed Pastor Jeremy to Good Shepherd and served with him for two years. At a back-to-school bash a couple of years later, Brittany May once again sucked me into volunteering with the children. Since then, I have served closely besides Brittany and Cassie Davenport. I eventually started teaching second and third grade Sunday school alongside Melissa Heisey and helping on Wednesday night children's classes. Cassie went on maternity leave, and I was asked to serve as interim children's minister for her. Being Cassie, she pretty much had everything done for me in those six weeks, so it was a breeze, and I was happy to be able to do it. Once she returned, I continued volunteering, and here I am a year and a half later as your children's minister. Every single one of these people provided a stepping stone in my walk. I would not be standing here in front of you today delivering this message as a children's minister had it not have been for these people. They had an impact on me. Each one of them served me and shared their love of Jesus with me and helped develop me into a Jesus-loving and serving person. All of those years I volunteered, I always remembered these people and hoped that I could impact these children I was leading. Hebrews 13:7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. This verse, one of so many, is an instruction. People usually don't discover God without someone's influence. A study by the Pew Research, Pew Research Center shows that in 2007, 78.4% of the U.S. population claimed to be Christian, and 16.1% did not believe in God. By 2014, seven years later, the Christians dropped to 70.6, and the non-believers grew to 22.8. That is not the direction that either of these groups should go. The Christians dropped by over 7%, and the non-believers increased by more than 5%. As a Christian, this tugs on my heart. God is so awesome, but people do not know about him or want to believe. Five years ago, if you would have told me I'd be a children's minister, I would have laughed in your face. But God had a bigger plan than I ever would have thought. While serving in children's ministry, I have met them, loved them, served them, and taught them. Once these kids built the land, their landmarks in my heart, I couldn't fight the desire to be a landmark in theirs. Serving within the church, especially the children, is a cost. It is a necessary cost, just as it is a cost to pay our mortgage or utility bills. The cost, the result of these costs is fulfillment. You are able to continue to live safely and comfortably by paying those bills. The cost of serving in the church has its rewards. 
Along your discipleship journey, you will gain friendships, further insight of God's works, and be able to influence those that you serve. Whether it be belonging to a small group, teaching a class, volunteering in a ministry, or simply singing in the choir, you will discover a satisfaction you may not know you needed. With children, that satisfaction is doubled. You invite the life of a child into your life, times of laughter, innocence, and spiritual desire. At the same time, you are fulfilling your promise as a Christian to make disciples of all people. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of people. Each one of these kids is special and funny and willing and loving. Jesus calls us to serve one another and spread the good news. Coming to church on Sundays, on only Sunday, and sitting in that pew is not fulfilling those expectations. Reading your Bible, praying, singing along to Christian radio does not fulfill Jesus' request of us. Those are things needed to help us grow in our own faith. But what about the faith of these children? Jesus said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 19, 14. Jesus is telling us to bring the children to him, not to hinder them, meaning help them. We are all children of God. We are all brought to Jesus. You are here today to bring yourself to Jesus. Pastor Jeremy delivers sermons every Sunday to help us grow closer to God. God gave us the Bible as an instruction for everything in our lives. He instructs us to create disciples, to share the Bible, and to love one another. My goal as a children's minister is to get these kids to fall in love with Jesus. My goal as a member of this congregation is to connect with you, whether within a small group or within our children's ministry, share with you, and grow in Jesus with you. I want these kids to know all of you. I want you to be able to provide a stepping stone along the path of these kids' Christian walk. Studies show that between the ages of 4 and 14 is when 85%, of Americans become Christians. The time for these kids is now. If we can't come together and share our faith and stories and instill them with a passion and desire for God, then that percentage of Christians will continue to drop. Serving these kids should not be scary. However, I too was nervous and completely uncomfortable in the beginning. But these kids are so fun and welcoming, those nerves will be chased away quickly. I will use you wherever you feel comfortable. I will provide you the tools to teach lessons, to assist with lessons, create crafts, assist in planning, or even just come and hang out. These kids have a desire to know you also. The more Christian people they know and can can surround themselves with, the more likely they are to continue on this path of loving Jesus. As adults, we all know it's hard to do it alone. I can't lead these children to fall in love with Jesus on my own. I am just one part of God's toolbox. There is no one tool that can do everything. The hammer alone cannot build a house. A screwdriver alone cannot fix a leaky faucet. The church is God's toolbox. God has a lot of jobs to do, and he has given his people in his church different talents and gifts 
to help him do those jobs. We are all his tools. All these tools must work together to create something beautiful. Each one of you will provide something special to these children, whether it be your gift of teaching or shepherding, or even sharing with them your testimony as a Christian. These kids will relate and learn, and their desire to be a Christian will grow. God created us all. He created us with spiritual gifts, and he knew those he created us with spiritual gifts that he knew he would need you to have. I encourage you all to discover your spiritual gifts if you haven't before. Share your results with the church and use those gifts for the better of the future of the church. The first through sixth graders sang a song for you, the books of the Bible. I know there are many of you that don't know the books of the Bible and don't necessarily find it important, but... When I found out that I got this job, I went to work immediately. Where do I start? How do I teach these kids to love Jesus? Instead of jumping into lessons about parables or faith, I decided we needed to start at the beginning. It's like learning your ABCs. You can't read or write without the knowledge of your ABCs first. So week after week, I gave them a few more books to memorize, and in 12 weeks, they knew them all. When I introduced the series to them, they were very reluctant. And here they did today, presented them to you confidently. This was a stepping stone in my plan for them. My future plans are to start Bible journals with them. I will give them specific verses and ask them to read and write about it. I want this to be fun for them, but how much fun would it be if you don't know where to look? Instead, now they have the resource of knowing all 66 books of the Bible. We played many games along the way of this series, and these kids are now pros at finding books of the Bible and without the page tabs or the table of contents. So when I give them a verse, they can find it right away and start on their discovery instead of getting frustrated trying to find the book of Obadiah, which is one page. We will spend some time studying on particular verses such as Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I know that they will really enjoy seeing all that God has planned for them. Also, I want to spend time talking to them about prayer and different kinds of prayer. I believe that the number one most important thing about being a Christian is prayer. You can't be friends with someone if you don't talk to them. So we need to talk to God if we want to belong to him. I want to show these kids that they can talk to God anytime, anywhere, for any reason. He is our best friend. We need to talk to him. There's no wrong way to pray, no wrong place, no wrong time. Prayer isn't intended just before dinner or at bedtime. God wants us to be in constant communication with him in all things we do. I want to teach our children to rely on God and talk to him frequently. Proverbs 22.6 says, start, start children off the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Does that really need any more explanation? This goes to prove that pie chart statistic from before, that 85% of people become Christians between the ages of 4 and 14. God didn't say train an adult. He says to train a child. Children are like sponges and constantly clinging to the next big thing. 
Many of us know about Hatchimals and the Baby Shark song. Why? Because they are created with children in mind. And the children cling to these and drive the rest of the world nuts with them. How wonderful and world-changing would it be to show them our God and what he has done for each of us individually and share that with these kids. I promise that God has given you a story, whether you deem it worthy or not, that will inspire these kids. You are here on Sunday mornings for a reason. Given as an adult, even as an adult, you have a desire to know more and grow closer to God. Think of how that desire is burning in the hearts of these kids. I ask that you pray for these children. Pray for our current leaders and to open the, leader, open the hearts of others to lead. Whether you support children's ministry through monetary donations, prayers, or involvement, you enable and encourage us to lead our children to Christ. I want these kids to grow to love Jesus. And we need your help. You have received a response card when you came in today. This card is my invitation to you. An invitation to open yourself prayerfully and playfully to these kids. I've given a few options of ways that you can serve in the children's ministry. And if you will, take a moment to fill out this card, bring it with you during communion, and place it on the altar. I will contact you soon. I thank you. The kids thank you. And God thanks you. Amen. Steph. Well, it's been an amazing time of gathering together and hearing from the kids and to, to hear this. And one of the things that Steph needs more than anything and that team needs is us to be able to say we're willing to help in some way. A lot of times they are spread thin upstairs. And we say, well, we don't have kids there, so I don't really have an interest in that or I don't have an invested interest in that. But that's the whole point is these are all of our kids. All of us have some way we can help in some way to be able to assist. Maybe it's only monetarily. That's a good way to start. But it would be great to be able to invest the lives. You know, it would be, be great to have some grandparents up there, some folks different ages, so that not everybody up there is either a parent who's trying not to serve or a person who's been serving for a number of years. It would be great to have different generations so that these kids would get to know people so that we would say if we see them down the hallway, we could call them by name and actually interact with them. So I really encourage you to take the opportunity to be able to support. You don't know how frustrating it is sometimes to be a leader when you're trying to do something and you don't have the people you need to be able to do it. These are all of our kids. Whether we have kids who've grown up and gone through the program and they're gone, or whatever else. You can relieve the pressure off of somebody else who wants to be a part of something. And the more who do that, the less that you would serve. But imagine that if you had different generations up there, there'd be an intergenerational church and community upstairs. Wonder how amazing that would be across the board to see all of that. So she needs your help to be able to do that. So I hope you'll figure out some way on this card to be able to assist her in doing that and the rest of the team, because they work really hard. Go look for one, one time. Go on a Wednesday night. Just go up there and just stand. Walk down the hallways. Yeah, just come and see. Come and see first before, what it's like, what, what to do, where you see God leading you. 
See how your heart's being touched when you actually go and involve yourself with them and see how it is. Because until you do that, you won't know. And you won't know how God's really touching your heart until you pray about it and until you think about how can I impact these kids for the future if under the age of 14, 85% make a decision. Then that means that our efforts need to be poured into it. It also means that none of us are too old to do something. We all need to be a part of that. And so this morning as we close our service off, then we receive communion. An opportunity we have to be able to come into this place and to, to know God's presence in powerful ways. In the United Methodist Church especially, then we, it's kind of different. Because we have the opportunity that children come and receive the same way that adults do. That we don't believe that there is a certain age upon which you understand how this works or able to participate in it. Because we believe that it's a mystery. A sacrament of mystery that even all of us as adults don't understand. And so, as Jesus said to, the, to those around them, the children come to me, do not stop them. For such as these the kingdom of God belongs. It is the same with the table. This table belongs to everyone. It is a table for all. And so as we get, they gather in that last time in the upper room, Jesus is talking to his disciples and explaining to him what's going to happen and they're having the Passover meal and they're coming to that moment and he breaks the bread after giving thanks to God, the Lord our God who created the universe. And he broke the bread and gave the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It's white grape juice, by the way. That's why it's that. We've learned lessons over time. Sometimes this is the best to use. He lifted the cup. Cup of redemption was the fourth cup of the meal. It was the last cup. He lifted it up and he said to the disciples, he said, this is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And in those acts, he showed his disciples that he was willing to sacrifice his life for all of us. Oh, I killed it. And so it is Christ who invites to this table this morning. It's not I or the United Methodist Church. All that Christ asks and the church asks is that you want to change your life. You want to be different. Our our founder, John Wesley, believed in these moments you could actually receive salvation. That's why no one is kept from the table. We serve children and use grape juice instead of wine so that they can partake of it. And because they have the mystery of faith, they know as much about it as we do. Because it is Christ who is inside of it, not us. And so this morning as we gather together, I'm going to invite you to come as you usually come.
to receive this morning. There will be the usual stations. Our children will be serving us. You might need to help them a little bit. Soak it all in. Jesus smiles when we gather our children together and let them lead us. So let us pray over this meal this morning. Gracious God, as we receive this bread and this juice, make them be for us the living body and blood of you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pour your spirit into us and into service into the world. We might remember this sacrifice and the importance of your giving your life for each one of us and being resurrected for our sakes. Now pour into these ordinary elements your spirit and your presence. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And the people of God said together, Amen. Come back, come back, come back for a second. Come back and do something. Give back the stuff. Okay, get back that. We didn't do one part I want to do. Okay. Got it? Okay. You ready? You got it? That's it. Okay. Here we go. The body of Christ, broken and given for us. The blood of Christ, shed and poured out for us. Amen. Now you can put it back. Those who are serving, come forward to receive your elements. You want to help hand out? Here, just take the juices and I'll give you the breads and get them ready to go for you. You can go to your stations now. Is this you? Flip. Flip. Yeah, is going to share with us a song on his harmonica while we do communion. Come forward to receive this morning.
stand. We'll be glad to serve you in your seats. Thank you for letting us work with you to share your joy with the world. Help us not to take for granted the gift it is to share you the gospel to the nations and to our neighbors. Help us have eyes to see the needs around us and to respond to those needs in joy and hope. Thank you so much, Lord, for your love and care in us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. One more song, and then y'all can go. Make sure to stick around or come home, or go home and come back around 12 o'clock for our family picnic. Um, And to regretfully admit having the kids turn me and a few others into ice cream sundaes, um, they are very, they have been looking forward to this for 12 weeks, guys. So they are excited and they are ready with their ice cream toppings. And. So um, the picnic will start around 12, and um, we will eat and then do ice cream sundaes afterwards. So we look forward to seeing you all there. We also have to-go boxes for those of you that can't stay as long. So stop by, come see what we're doing, and get a to-go box if you need to. Thank you, guys. Go ahead. Oh, wait. All right. I forgot about Jenna. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he instill in you a desire to serve as Jesus himself served. For the kingdom of heaven desires our good work in spreading the love of Christ. Go and make disciples of all people and love one another as Christ loved us. All right. Amen.
kids again. How about for all of our kids volunteers? And the band. Awesome. They're all good. All right. Are you good? You feel good about it? You want to do it again? Oh, no. Well, we're going to do it again. We've got lots of folks who want to see it. They want to see it. All right, here we go. Quick, 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 qu